What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Planet Today. Today is Monday, April 25th, 2022, and I'm your host, Matt Norton, here once again with producer and co-host Nick Chinusa. Nick, how are you on this fine Monday? Matty, I am just doing swimmingly today. It is a great day to have a good day. Had a great weekend and excited to get into the show. Great weekend for me as well, and about to be even better because we are joined today by recurring guest co-host CJ Bonafati, who's always a good time to have on the show. So CJ, welcome back. It is uh, quite good to be back. Very excited to uh, hash out some absolutely critical topics with with, uh, two of my great friends. It's been too long, so happy to have you back. CJ seems to be on all of our episodes that get the most unhinged, so buckle up, buckaroos. Let's get into this. Welcome to the planet today, where we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. And don't forget to rate the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Minor correction, rate the show, then forget that you rated it, go back in, rate it again, and review on Apple Podcasts (laughs) if you can do that too. That would be great. All right, let's do this thing. I want to get into the Crypto Climate Accord, but first, CJ, can you refresh listeners or explain to those who haven't heard of this at all before, what is mining for cryptocurrency? Yeah, uh, mining, uh, we're going to use Bitcoin as the main example. It seems to be like the hottest hottest topic. It's like the clearly the most fashionable and uh, popular coin out there. It's the one that everybody compares other cryptocurrencies uh, to some might even call it the golden standard, and that that is a currency joke for all <laughs> my uh, currency nerds out there. Uh, but mining it is uh, is it doesn't involve any pickaxes or things like that. It, it is a, a computer process uh, where sophisticated hardware solves extremely complex computational math problems. They're complex on purpose, uh, supposed to be difficult to solve and crack. Uh, in an example like Bitcoin, which is a pay-to-work uh, cryptocurrency, the first computer that cracks that problem is awarded the block and the rewards that come with it. In the example of Bitcoin, it's some Bitcoin uh, for, for solving the block. Uh, so miners are essentially being paid for their time, but really kind of their computer's time, uh, spent as an auditor with the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, so the computers that are mining Bitcoin are, in practice, verifying the legitimacy of Bitcoin transactions, which continues the blockchain another step further. So basically, if I, uh, CJ Bonifati, a.k.a. Joe Schmo, decided I wanted some Bitcoin, I, I can start uh, hooking up a, a computer and running the, the Bitcoin uh, hashing program, start mining Bitcoin. Uh, the problem is it's a race, and me with my little uh, uh, Chromebook over here, I'm never going to win that race compared to some of these people with, with large mining operations, and, and we're going to talk about some of those later in the show. Uh, so people tend to 
create these supercomputers. And uh, for the gamers out there, gamers in the chat, uh, <laughs> Gamer gamers, stand up. gamers rise up against the cryptocurrency because that's what was sucking away all those GPUs in, in the COVID shortage. Everybody wanted to build a uh, gaming PC, but nobody could find those uh, GPUs uh, because they are uh, intense, uh, sophisticated pieces of hardware capable of processing a large amount of information in a little bit of time. Uh, so all these miners were buying up as many cards as they could find. It didn't matter if they were getting it on primary market or secondary market or from their friend's dad's cousin on eBay. Uh, they were just trying to get their hands on as many as possible to create these mega computers uh, to mine for these cryptocurrencies with as much efficiency as possible. So as you can imagine, mining for crypto requires a tremendous amount of energy, not only because of what CJ just mentioned with all the computing power it takes, but computers get really hot. And when they get hot, either fans turn on or, you know, you need to have more air conditioning or more fans in the building where these supercomputers are running. So basically, the, the short of it is mining for cryptocurrency requires a ton of energy. And some environmentalists feel that the consumption is too much to stomach and they don't invest in crypto because of that or because of other reasons. Some feel that green crypto is a way to grow economies, boost individual wealth, and not harm the planet while doing that. So first, we're going to lay out some facts, and then, you know, you're tuning into the planet today, so we will give you our opinions as usual. The Crypto Climate Accord is something I alluded to in the beginning, but it aims to make crypto green because of surging demand for cryptocurrency and the energy consumption and climate impact associated with those cryptocurrencies. The goal is to create a private sector-led movement inspired by the Paris Climate Agreement that focuses on decarbonizing crypto and the blockchain industry quickly. Over 250 companies and individuals from fintech, NGOs, to energy and climate sectors have signed the Crypto Climate Accord, which makes their statement public that they support a goal of net zero emissions from cryptocurrency by 2030. Yeah, and their website says the cryptocurrency industry has an opportunity to set an example for other industries. The solution they suggest is reducing emissions, bringing demand to the clean tech industry, and creating more customers for crypto by doing it. It also says for climate advocates, we can eliminate emissions from a fast growing source of electric load. For the clean tech industry, we can onboard an entirely new class of customers with significant demand for low carbon solutions. For the crypto industry, we can help support widespread adoption of crypto by making the industry more sustainable. So basically, the Crypto Climate Accord is trying to make all of those negative sides of crypto that people are worried about into positives. Um, I'm not so sure, but I want to hear your guys' takes first. You know, I think uh, it, it's a great idea in theory, right? Like, let's make all the crypto... Green, which is awesome. But at the end of the day, does it solve every issue with cryptocurrency? Is cryptocurrency in and of itself uh, sustainable? Uh, yes, energy is always going to be an issue, but is, is this the only problem? And if we focus too much on, on this issue, are we actually focusing on taking the next step with blockchain technology? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see where the rest of this conversation takes us because you kind of just alluded to some other things we're going to bring up later with there are problems with crypto. And, and I don't know if focusing just on the green side of, you know, we can 
mine Bitcoin and, and mine other cryptocurrencies using renewable energy. I don't know if that solves all the issues. And, and I'm going to go as far as to say, I don't think it does. And like I said, we'll get into that. Um, but first, I, I want to shout out some cryptos that are far more sustainable than others. So this should be exciting if you're bullish on crypto, but also care about the environment. So let's run through a few of those and what makes them more sustainable. So first is SolarCoin, which runs only on verifiably produced solar energy. So for every one megawatt hour of solar produced, one solar coin is generated. Regular consumers or companies that own solar panels can upload documentation of their production, and then they're given solar coins in exchange. Yeah, I mean, again, that sounds like good in in theory, but like the the barriers to entry is well, I have something that produces solar energy, and like that's not mm-hmm. that's not the case for a lot of Americans and a lot of people just in general in the world. So that's that's the tough part. It's also interesting to me that every megawatt hour you produce of solar is going to decrease the value of your own solar coins because you're just creating more coins. (laughs) Um, I I think this is something that definitely benefits, you know, the huge, huge uh, industrial solar arrays compared to the individual homeowner who just has a couple panels on his roof. Right, exactly. And from an economic standpoint, Matt, you brought up that, uh, you know, you're increasing the supply with with, uh, each transaction here uh, for each uh, megawatts. Those megawatts, megawatt hours. Yeah, megawatt hours. There's some. I, I don't do science. I'm the. I'm an economics major over here. I'm. I'm a, I'm a liberal arts type guy. Um, <laughs> but but speaking of the economics, the other side of it, it uh, of the supply is the demand. Does mm-hmm. this coin have any inherent value? Um, futurists do any of them right? Well, futurists <laughs> uh, they'd argue yes. This one has direct value because it is tied to a unit of power. And before mm-hmm. I alluded to the, the gold standard, uh, for those of you who don't know, every dollar in the United States used to be backed by gold. Um, and that was referred to the gold standard. It was the guarantee that the U.S. dollar had value. Um, our current dollar is fake. I mean, and I could get, a, get all into modern monetary theory and how money is just like a social concept. Uh, but this is actually, I, I think it's actually a pretty clever idea because there's a direct conversion for energy. Which is, which is something we need as a society. You know, we don't want or, or mm-hmm. it's not a luxury. We need it at this point uh, t- to a currency. So so tying something with inherent value to a currency is actually something I could agree with. It's just a matter of will that coin actually have value on the marketplace at all? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And I guess this one, we're just going to have to see how it pans out over the next couple of years. But Another coin I want to talk about is Cardano, which TJ, you mentioned before proof of work. Uh, Cardano is a proof of stake. So it's the opposite of Bitcoin and where proof of work encourages more computing power. So there's more energy consumption. Proof of stake is more based on ownership. So the basics of it is if you own 5% of all coins, you will create 5% of new blocks as more blocks are created. Right. And this one's more similar to the stock market. Right. Those those people who uh, own a majority share of the stocks, they get things like voting rights. Uh, They also get paid a ton in dividends when when those bad boys come around. Uh, So this is creates another interesting uh, economic practice, which is the idea of stagnant classes. Right. Do we really want to do this Mm -hmm. uh, with with proof uh, with proof of stake? 
uh, this idea that the people who have will continue to have, and those that have not will struggle being anything other than a have not. So, I mean, I like class warfare as much as the next guy, <laughs> but this sort of just seems like a step in the wrong direction uh, for, for me. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, I don't even know science, so <laughs> how much does my opinion really matter? It matters to us on this show, and I, I hope it matters to the listeners. But, you know, like anything, cryptocurrencies are not guaranteed free money, but they have continued to increase in popularity since CJ and I last talked about this almost a year ago on the show's uh June, it was our third episode in June, uh, 2021, but another energy intensive internet thing that I want to touch on very briefly is non-fungible tokens or NFTs, which are basically just digital artwork, videos, GIFs, etc. that anyone can view online, but one person technically owns it. Um, if it sounds confusing or silly, just don't dive into this more. It's just going to frustrate you. <laughs> anyway, uh, CJ, you wanted to bring up a fun NFT story. Yeah, whenever I send Matt an article, it's never a, it's never a, a serious one. And <laughs> I, I've, I'm a simple man, right? I like I like Miller High Life, a <laughs> sunset, and dunking on NFT bros on Twitter. Like very simple life I lead. Wait, do you do the save save their image and then reply to them? Oh, <laughs> Look, I, I have that, it too. I, I have a whole <laughs> folder full of apes. I've got a folder full of apes, baby. Uh, so this this uh, article uh, was written by Annabelle Liang of BBC. I'm going to be reading directly uh, from it for the most part uh, because I, there's there, there's not much here. Simply the facts are enough to make uh, make make you get a giggle. Uh, so um, I, I'm not going to name this guy for for the sake of for the sake of anonymity anonymity. Is that how we pronounce? I'm not good at English either. I'm not good at much, actually. Name him. I'm good <laughs> Name at- and shame, baby. <laughs> so this, uh, Mr. Estavi. Okay, so he he purchased an NFT of Jack Dorsey's, the the founder of Twitter, the first tweet, uh, and the first tweet. I'm pretty sure it was something like just setting up my Twitter, and Twitter was abbreviated. And it, wasn't that's it the f- tweet? Or something? Yeah, it's like T W T T R, something weird like that. And it's the first tweet, right? Of course, it's going to be a weird internet thing. So he bought an NFT, not even like of the tweet itself. Uh, so it's it's just like a picture, like a JPEG file of the tweet. He spent two point nine million. Two point nine million. Imagine what you could do with two point nine million. How many Miller High Lifes can you get with two point? <laughs> he decided to put it up for auction which I guess people do because these things have no inherent value other than what they're sold for. Um, and the highest offer on the bid was $6,200. Now, I'm obviously, like, I'm not a smart man. I don't know science. I don't know English. I can hardly pronounce my words. But I'm pretty sure we'd chalk that up to a, a pretty poor investment boys. <laughs> that was not very cash money of him. It was, it was the opposite. It was the opposite. Um, so, I mean, uh, N- NFTs are stupid. Don't buy them. They're a pump and dump scam. The reason we bring up NFTs is because they're also very energy intensive. And a lot of times people will pay for their NFTs with crypto. So it's kind of just this twofold problem of you're producing a coin that consumes a lot of energy to create. And then you are using that coin to pay for something else that's very energy intensive. And it's all just kind of silly. But 
that's another story for another day. Um, for now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, can our planet survive cryptocurrencies? The Planet Today is brought to you by Vala Alta. Vala Alta's Everyday Handkerchief is a high-performance daily-use handkerchief designed to help minimize your impact. Made in the United States from sustainably sourced Irish linen, capturing the material's historic craftsmanship and natural antimicrobial properties, handkerchiefs perfectly balance softness with durability and absorbency with rapid drying. Ideal for functional use in all settings, from the outdoors to routine encounters, their small and lightweight design makes one a must-carry for wherever life takes you. Build your own bundles from limited edition colors at valaalta.co and save 15% with code TPT at checkout. That's V-A-L-A-A-L-T-A dot co and code TPT. planet today folks and cj i just had to do the math on that because it was too good to not do you can buy 150,000 30 racks of miller high life with 2.7 million dollars that sounds like a weekend <laughs> yeah that honestly would you rather have a picture of the first tweet or 150,000 30 racks. I'll tell you which one will make you more popular at school, kids. Inarguably. <laughs> it's not the NFT. Inarguably the better purchase. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next one, and it comes from the podcast Reveal, and it's hosted by Aura Bogato and Al Letson. For this episode, Can Our Climate Survive Bitcoin? Shireen Marisol Miraji subbed in for Al. We link the episode transcript in your show notes, but you can listen to it in the link as well. So if Shireen's name rings a bell, uh, you, like me, probably listened to NPR's Code Switch, which she helped create um, several years ago and, and actually just left NPR recently. So it's cool to hear Shireen again from me. But anyway, she starts off by saying that cryptocurrency has been in the news a lot lately, most recently because of the war in Ukraine, where Ukraine has used crypto to raise funds to fight Russia's invasion. And Russians are using crypto to try and minimize the sting of sanctions because crypto is decentralized and doesn't require a bank. They're also joined by Professor Camilo Mora, and his team of researchers found that if crypto really took off, it would use so much energy that it would push the world into the danger zone for catastrophic climate change in about 10 to 20 years. So we're talking about, you know, normally under ambitious climate models will say that give us a little bit more time than some might think we have. We're looking at like 30-ish years till around 2050 before things really, really get bad. If crypto was to take off the way that it could, some experts are now saying that could get us there in a decade or in two decades, which is concerning. And here in the U.S., we have an issue where the country is trying to lower our emissions, but some states and some cities are trying to bring in as much energy for Bitcoin mining as possible. The Reveal Show brings in some anecdotal evidence of a mining supercenter outside of Kearney, Nebraska, where a building that pretty much just exists at this point to mine for Bitcoin through a company called Compute North, um, that building pulls more electricity than the entire city of Kearney. 
And we're talking about a city that has 34,000 residents, a university, two hospitals, and a plethora of other businesses. So it's not like we're talking about some small rinky-dink town. Like Kearney consumes a lot of energy, and still this one building consumes more. Across the world, we have China banning the mining of cryptocurrency, while Iran and Kazakhstan have also cracked down on it. The U.S. is now the leader in the world for mining crypto. They also talked to Dave Perel, who is the CEO of Compute North, and he says that a new electrical substation is being built for this mining facility. It's a 100-megawatt substation that's being built just to basically allow his company's supercomputer consumption at one site. And for all my economics fans out there, don't you worry. Uh, for all the electrical consumption that Compute North is doing here, they have created 10, that's 10 jobs at the Kearney substation. Um, Dave also says, so again, don't worry. Um, Dave also says that Compute North needs more electricity and fast because they just got $385 million in backers and they expect to expand a lot this year. Yeah, that's the thing about this is like, you're not actually employing anyone like this guy employed 10 people. Okay. Congrats. You want a cookie? It's everything is digitalized. And like, I know that's where we're going anyway, so it doesn't really matter, but like there are better ways to innovate and like make money in other ways. I think what's crazy when I I was listening to this episode of reveal here was just how on his high horse Dave is about this whole thing as if he's really helping like Mr. Big Strong Rough and Tough American captain of industry over here came on into to Kearney, Nebraska and set up a crypto mining <laughs> facility. I employed 10, 10 whole people and I keep this city up and running. It's just, it's like, it's such BS. Like it's such a mentality that, that these people uh, carry with them that they're they're helping move the world forward. But in fact, as we're going to see as we continue to pick off uh, this, uh, pick apart this episode, uh, they're they're just putting fossil fuels back on the menu, mm-hmm. boys. It's nuts. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue into my next point. The episode talks about areas where fossil fuel plants were being closed down, or running less, or being phased out as more energy is coming from renewables. But now some of those plants are back up and running daily to mine for Bitcoin. And what mining companies are doing is is going to places like Texas or Nebraska or Montana that are known for their cheap electricity prices to basically just take advantage of that. So in Texas, one Bitcoin mine consumes as much energy as 150,000 homes. There's one plant in Montana that its annual carbon dioxide emissions ballooned from 80,000 tons in 2020 to more than 750,000 tons in 2021, which is as much carbon dioxide as around 150,000 cars. Anne Hedges is the Montana environmental leader, and she says it's just a few rich people who are going to get rich at the expense of everybody else. And honestly, I tend to agree with her, and CJ, I know you alluded to that earlier. Yeah, exactly. The the, the rich get richer. Uh, they continue to just completely dump on the planet, uh, as is tradition. Uh, nothing more American than getting rich off the backs of both your fellow man <laughs> and the, the land that you uh, sow. So, yeah. 
we love exploiting workers and the environment here. Wait, hold on. I feel like I feel like we don't. I'm getting too far into character. I'm just going to say explicitly <laughs> for people who don't understand my brand of humor and my sarcasm, we do not support the exploitation of workers and the planet. <laughs> I thought you were being Stephen Colbert circa 2008. I wish I was Stephen Colbert circa 2008. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, so something I want to get into before we go, uh, when we discuss the push to renewables, how it relates to crypto. Like we said earlier, mining for cryptocurrency requires a tremendous amount of energy. And to combat that, some crypto mining facilities are moving towards more renewable energy um, to power their computers, their air conditioners, their fans, whatever it is that's, that's cooling the computers. And side note, when we talk about cooling computers, think about when you're running zoom on your phone while also having Microsoft word open and also, you know, a couple other applications, your email, whatever your computer gets louder. It's your fans operating to cool it down. Picture that on this major scale. And that's what we mean by the energy coming from mining crypto. Um, anyway, my question is, is this all worth it? Because more renewable energy is great in any industry, but I feel like this is renewable energy that could be used to power our existing fossil fuel reliant systems instead. Yeah, and I feel like here's the thing, even if if crypto, all cryptocurrencies, and this is impossible, all cryptocurrencies won't be based off of renewable energy because we live because we live in America. Right. Right. We are we just don't prioritize um, that sort of thing. And without legislation, it'll just never happen. So it goes back to a previous point I made about value. Will a sustainable cryptocurrency ever hold as much value as something like a Bitcoin? Probably not. And therefore, will never actually offset the damage that comes with crypto. Because for every person with with their solar panels getting their solar coins, there is going to be one uh, Dave in Nebraska building, using up the, the energy of a small city to get half a Bitcoin a day. I would, I would also add that can any crypto truly be sustainable when the entire model is just based on growth, growth, growth? Like we, we talk about these Bitcoin miners and, you know, the people who are profiting off of this, the phrase that everyone throws around is to the moon because they want to just see the price going up and up and up. And the way to do that is to consume more energy and produce more coins. Growth and sustainability can work together but not unregulated, unstoppable growth like we're seeing here. I, I think you're you're right about a lot of this, Matt, because um, we live in a capitalistic world, not just country, a, a world that values uh, consumption and production and the um, ever-growing uh, abundance uh, of wealth. And a lot of the solutions that have been brought up today in terms of alternate coins and uh, the climate accord, it doesn't address that root issue. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a political and cultural one than it is a technology one. The blockchain can be used for many things. Um, it's a powerful technology that decentralizes information. Um, decentralized is the opposite of the cloud. Like right now, we, we all exist on this very centralized network um, where everything goes to a cloud and... and it's owned by Amazon for the most part, and that's how the internet works. So just the fact that we kind of came up with this new network, and one of the first things we started doing was exploiting uh, capitalism, it, it just speaks to the 
nature of innovation in the world we live in. Um, so until the either the government gets involved or the Zoomers grow up a little and and show us how <laughs> truly foolish we have been with the cryptocurrency, I think it'll be difficult for them to to coexist. That's a good point about the Zoomers too, because I, I worry that something like crypto is going to be our generation's fossil fuels, where we look at the damage that the people before us have done and how they left us a really, really difficult problem to solve with the whole climate change thing, um, that, you know, we've had the answers for years. ExxonMobil first found out about climate change in 1977. NASA was first alerted to how bad it was in 1981. And we started taking it seriously in I don't know, hopefully 2024. Like, I, I don't know. Like, when are we going to give it the actual credit that, that it, it needs? Because sure, we've taken it more seriously in the last two decades than the two de- decades prior, but it's pretty inarguable at this point. We're, we're still not taking it seriously enough. And I think that for Gen Z and whatever comes after Gen Z, they're going to look at millennials and say, you knew how bad Bitcoin and, and most cryptocurrencies were in terms of energy consumption. And even though you all claim to be climate activists and care about climate change, you still did this because you were getting wealthy off it. And it's the same parallel where older people might have cared, but they still voted for people who were keeping fossil fuels in the mix. They still basically contributed to something that we didn't have to. So here's a question then. Is it our responsibility to not engage with like any Bitcoin or anything like that? That's a very good question. Um, And as anyone who's spent time on Twitter knows, the Bitcoin bros are absolutely ruthless. So, (laughs) I mean, sure, you can engage with them and and it's not going to lead to anything because they have Twitter avatars with laser eyes. Um, But I don't know. Like I personally don't invest in any crypto for this reason. It's something that... I'm very careful with my money and I try to support things that reflect my values. And this certainly is not one of those things, but I'm not here to tell people what they should and shouldn't do. It's ultimately a personal decision. But I would say if you truly consider yourself an environmentalist, you shouldn't be investing in Bitcoin. And I won't go as far as say don't invest in any cryptos because mm-hmm. you can certainly justify solar coin. You can certainly justify some of the more renewable energy based coins. I just feel like it's still unnecessary consumption for something that we don't really need. I was just trying to get that headline out of you. Now I can write on today's show, like oat milk, just as good as avoiding Bitcoin. <laughs> so you just, you just headline grabbed me on our, <laughs> on our own show. You think, you know, a guy. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I've got a headline. Matt's, Matt's afraid to say it, but I'm going to, if you're mining Bitcoin, you are a bad person. There's our headline. There's our headline. He's a bad person. It, you can't you can't simultaneously say I care about the planet and then run computers like that into the into the ground. I mean, fr- from that podcast, they were opening up coal mines again over there. Like, yeah, I, you might as well just put on the goddamn man- monocle and, and and start telling children to get into the smaller crevices of the mine. Like you're you're one step away. Just because your your hands are are clean of the actual soot doesn't mean that it is a clean and sustainable process. Mm. And you need to get that through your heads, Bitcoin bros. All right, look for alternatives. Devalue the Bitcoin. 
find some some new innovative ways to leverage the blockchain and um billionaires suck <laughs> definitely gonna echo that last part as well um so look to, to sum this all up very very quickly more crypto means more energy and all of the renewable energy that's used to power crypto miners is energy that could be used to help decarbonize the existing systems about 12% of the electricity in the U.S. comes from solar and wind. So scientists and environmentalists are worried that if crypto miners take what little clean energy we have, the rest of us are just going to end up using dirtier sources of energy. And something that I think is a really good parallel here that hopefully will stick with some people, it's like plastics. We have to reduce our consumption first and foremost, then reuse the plastic that we have already purchased, then recycle what we can't reuse anymore. And in this case... It's reduce energy consumption first and foremost, then produce more renewable energy. And finally, get your electricity from renewables. But until we hit step two, which is produce more renewable energy, we should really be focusing on reducing energy consumption. And that doesn't mesh with Bitcoin mining. So Personally, I feel like the only realistic outcome here is to ban mining for crypto until we can completely decarbonize the entire grid. And that's what, 38 years from now, 28 years from now, rather. Yeah. uh, Decarbonizing the grid sounds great. Realistically, that is a reach goal. It's far away. Mm -hmm. And I hope that by then we have found new applications for blockchain technology uh, that go beyond just feeding into the Ourobora, Ourobora, Ouroboros. <laughs> What's the snake that eats itself? Ouroborealis is a space Ouro- term. <laughs> That's a space term. Uh, but it, what I'm trying to say is, is we're, we're taking a technology that's new, innovative, and can change the way that we look at computing uh, and networking computers, especially and we're just using it to continue to feed uh, the, the capitalistic slog that is killing the planet. So, uh, yeah, decarbonizing the grid is great. Um, rethinking our capitalistic society would be amazing. And uh, will it happen in our lifetime? I don't know. If I could tell the future, I definitely wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> likewise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like what we've brought up today is just like, there's so many people out there that don't think negative things when they think crypto or like mining cryptocurrency. I think this was a really good starting point for people to be like, Hey, there's some shady going on. Like Mm -hmm. we have to, we have to do something in order to stop this and, and make a decision in our own right as consumers to say, I'm not going to choose Bitcoin. I'm not going to choose cryptocurrency. Yeah. It's tough with something that's new and fun and exciting. And you know, like Twitter has taken it over where, like we said before, people are changing their Twitter avatars to show I buy NFTs, I buy crypto, like I buy Bitcoin it's fun for them. It's a community and it's, it's a tough meme. to be. Yeah, exactly. And it's tough to be that group that's saying, Hey, that thing you're doing, it kind of sucks. And you need to understand that because if somebody says this thing that you love talking about sucks, you're probably going to get on the defensive. And that's what we've seen most of the time when people do attack Bitcoin or, or the Bitcoin bros. So yeah, it's, it's a tough situation, but I hope that, you know, before we reach this tipping point, all those people kind of see the light. Agreed. Yeah, it's like uh, 
it's like uh, crypto communities are like country clubs, but it, instead of trying to uh, subtly get away with segregation, they're destroying the planet. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a very good comparison, and I don't, I don't really think we're going to be able to add much to that one. So, <laughs> both are equally exclusive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you need if you need friends, don't don't be a crypto bro. I'd rather I'd rather see you all become bronies. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today's episode of TPT. Nick and I are going to be back on Friday for some quick hits. And make sure to follow us on our socials at Planet Today Pod for more TPT. And follow CJ on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the honorable Cal. That's K-A-L-L. For the Planet Today, I am Nick Janusa. I am CJ Bonifati. I am the Senate. No, I'm just kidding. I'm Matt Norton. See you on Friday. Peace. Peace.